Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of 1 Samuel, looking at 1 Samuel chapter 4. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines. They encamped at Ebenezer, and the Philistines encamped at Aphek. The Philistines drew up in line against Israel, and when the battle spread, Israel was defeated before the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 men on the field of battle. And when the people came to the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord here from Shiloh, that it may come among us and save us from the power of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh and brought from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Hosts, who is enthroned on the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. As soon as the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel gave a mighty shout so that the earth resounded. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shouting, they said, What does this great shouting in the camp of the Hebrews mean? And when they learned that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp, the Philistines were afraid, for they said, A god has come into the camp. And they said, Woe to us, for nothing like this has happened before. Woe to us, who can deliver us from the power of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with every sort of plague in the wilderness. Take courage and be men, O Philistines, lest you become slaves to the Hebrews as they have been to you. Be men and fight. So the Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated, and they fled every man to his home. And there was a very great slaughter, for 30,000 foot soldiers of Israel fell. And the ark of God was captured, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, died. A man of Benjamin ran from the battle line and came to Shiloh the same day, with his clothes torn and with dirt on his head. When he arrived, Eli was sitting on his seat by the road watching for his heart trembled for the ark of God. And when the man came into the city and told the news, all the city cried out. When Eli heard the sound of the outcry, he said, What is the uproar? Then the man hurried and came and told Eli. Now Eli was ninety-eight years old, and his eyes were set so that he could not see. And the man said to Eli, I am he who has come from the battle. I fled from the battle today. And he said, How did it go, my son? He who brought the news answered and said, Israel has fled before the Philistines, and there has also been a great defeat among the people. Your two sons also, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God has been captured. As soon as he mentioned the ark of God, Eli fell over backward from his seat by the side of the gate, and his neck was broken, and he died, for the man was old and heavy. He had judged Israel forty years. Now his daughter-in-law, the wife of Phinehas, was pregnant, about to give birth. And when she heard the news that the ark of God was captured and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed and gave birth, for her pains came upon her. And about the time of her death, the women attending to her said to her, 
do not be afraid, for you have borne a son. But she did not answer or pay attention. And she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel, because the ark of God has been captured, and because of her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, The glory of God has departed from Israel, for the ark of God has been captured. In the previous chapter, God had warned Eli that because his sons were unwilling to listen and he had not done anything to restrain them, he had actually enabled their bad behavior, that they were on a path that would lead to destruction. In this chapter, we see that coming about. Hophni and Phinehas are still doing things contrary to the way God asked them to, and they find themselves in the midst of a battle that ends up costing them their life. When news of this reaches Eli and the fact that in the course of events, the Ark of the Covenant has been captured by the Philistines, it's more than Eli can handle and he falls back, breaks his neck and dies. Phineas's wife seems to die in childbearing. As we look at this chapter and how the different characters in it react to God and react to their expectations about God, I think we can learn some things about our relationship with God. Because our expectations of God will affect how we relate to him. When we look at the Israelites here, we see a group of people that had gone into battle expecting God to give them whatever they wanted. They wanted a victory. They went out to battle and was expecting God to provide that. When it didn't happen, they blamed God for the circumstances they had created. Why did God give us this defeat? But what's missing before or after this battle is someone from Israel inquiring of God if this is what they should do. What we see most often during this period of time, when Israel goes into a battle before it happens, they inquire of God or God directs them to go into the battle because he will fight for them. We don't have that here. And because they've created this circumstance and it's not working out the way they want, they want to know why God didn't help them. And so they start to look for ways to get God to do their bidding. They go and get the Ark of the Covenant and bring it into battle. Again, no directive from God, no instruction from even the priest. This is something they choose to do. We even see Eli being nervous about the Ark leaving Shiloh. So Eli seems to know this is a bad idea, but he doesn't stop it. Israel's expectation is that God is there to help them to do what they want. By contrast, we see the Philistines who, when they realize that the ark is there, they assume that means the presence of God is there too, and they have this sense of doom and hopelessness. They expect God to defeat them. And the reason they expect that is because it appears they never consider seeking God, following God. They just doubled down on what they had been doing, and because it coincided with Israel's disobedience, they think they're making progress. They compared themselves to Israel, and they said, ah, we're ahead of them. We're better than them, so we must be okay. And then we have this man who's a Benjamite, who is different than either group. We're told in verse 12 that he shows up in Shiloh with his clothes torn and dirt on his head. These are signs of submission and penitence. He has run away from the battle. He sees that it's leading to no good. He didn't choose one side or the other. He refused to participate in a battle of evils. It harkens back to Joshua chapter 5 when Joshua meets the angel of the Lord and Joshua asks the angel, are you with us or with our enemy? And the angel says, neither. I'm on God's side. 
So we have here a man who is humble before God and expects that maybe God might just use him to in some way do his will. And we see him escape the battle and be able to come back and spread news to everyone in Shiloh about what's going on. Each of these people or groups of people have different expectations about God, so it's affecting their behavior, their actions. They're taking different actions based on what they expect God to do. It's easy to see what's good and bad about these interactions, but what's more important is for us to be able to see ourselves in the story. What times are we trying to get God to do our bidding rather than do his? What times are we feeling hopeless as if not even God can fix it this time? And when are we submissive and penitent, eager to do God's will? Our expectation about what God will be doing will affect our actions and will affect our relationship with God. Ultimately, what we want is a closer relationship. So what do we learn in this story that helps us develop that closer relationship with God? First of all, it seems important to understand God's warnings and to heed those warnings. If we're constantly ignoring him when he warns us, we're doing damage to the relationship. We're getting distant with God. If we want to experience all the blessings that God has promised his children, we have to listen to those warnings. God had warned Israel from the time they left Egypt that if they wanted to have success in battle, they would need to do it exactly the way he told them to. And when they experienced a defeat in battle, it wasn't so much God saying, I told you not to do that and causing a bunch of them to die. It was that Israel wasn't trained in battle. They, they were a group of freed slaves who were nomads, and they just could not succeed without God's help. And every time they fought without God, they lost. It was very important that they listened to that warning that God gave them about fighting on his terms so that they would have success. They couldn't assume that they had it figured out now and that they could do this on their own. This shows us that faith is more than just the power of positive thinking. The Israelites here were absolutely convinced when they brought the ark out, they were going to win this time. Instead, they lost again. It wasn't about their excitement or how deeply they felt that they were right. Faith is not about getting God to do our will. It's about trusting God enough to do his. God had warned Eli that his family would be destroyed because they weren't listening. And God didn't kill Eli's family. But Hophni and Phinehas died as a result of circumstances that they created. They had led an army out into battle and had carried the ark, telling them that they would have success because God was with them. The problem was this was not something God wanted, and it led to defeat and ultimately their death. Eli died when he was shocked by the way that things were playing out. We often do something other than what God wants, and then we're surprised by the results. Eli knew his sons were in danger. Eli knew that the ark shouldn't leave Shiloh, and they did, and it didn't work out. And when news reaches Eli, he falls down, and it breaks his neck. But we're also told that that fall killed him because of his physical condition. We're told that he was old and fat. And if you'll remember in the previous chapter, we were told that he had gotten fat on the sacrifices offered to God. So because of his sin, he was not prepared to deal with the hardship that came his way. But he should not have been surprised at all because God had warned him in advance. 
God's warned us about our own destructive behavior and what it leads to, but we're often still very surprised when that destructive behavior causes harm to us or those we care about. We say things like, well, I didn't see anything wrong with it, or I didn't mean to. But most often, the question we should be asking is not, is there anything wrong with it? But what is right about it? Is this what God wants me to do? And then even if we misunderstand or get it wrong, if we're listening to God through that, we'll be in better shape to handle the hardship. This should help us to see that God's commands are not hoops that we're required to jump through to gain his favor or earn grace. They're warnings against self-destructive behavior. And when you separate yourself from God, you are responsible for your own destructive behavior and its consequences. So to develop that closer relationship with God, we need to be listening to him and listening to the warnings that he provides, responding appropriately, understanding that all of those go toward his purposes. We see in this story that God will not allow us to use him for our purposes. He uses us for his. The Israelites didn't get to win just because they went and got the ark. They were using it as some magic token that was going to provide them what they wanted, regardless of whether they deserved it or not. What God had given them the ark for was a reminder of his presence and that if they followed him, they would have success. Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas are not doing a good job following God and therefore have not set a good example for Israel, and Israel is not doing what God wants. We mentioned in the last episode that this is during the time of the judges, and we read at the end of the book of Judges that this is a time when Israel had no king and everyone was doing as they saw fit. They didn't honor God and what he wanted. They did what they wanted to do. I think we need to see that those who are lost will never fear a God that we're unwilling to serve. I think it's also interesting to note in this story that our lives lose meaning and purpose when there's an absence of God's glory. We're told in this chapter that the ark is the place where God's glory rested between the cherubim. That ark should be sacred and treated in a particular way and not used to achieve their own selfish goals, but as a reminder that God will always accomplish his. But because of their disobedience, the Philistines carry this ark away, and with it, metaphorically, the glory of God. Phineas' wife gives birth just after this, and she names the child Ichabod, a name that literally means no glory or inglorious. And she says she'll name him Ichabod because the glory of God has departed from Israel because the ark has been captured. In the New Testament, we read that our own hearts are used by God in a similar way to the ark of the covenant in the Old Testament. Our hearts are the place where his glory resides. But if we've given our hearts to something else, the glory of God is not present. Later in this story, Israel will regain the ark. The Philistines actually return it. But Israel will lose their focus again in their history, and they will lose the ark when they go into exile. After that point, we can read in the prophets the eager expectation that the Jews have that God's glory will return and be among his people. And we see that God accomplished that in the person of Jesus. And now we have opportunity to have Jesus dwell in our hearts. The glory of God reside there and shine for all to see. 
but others will never respond to that glory or fear a God that we are unwilling to serve. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.